Welcome, everybody. Um, if you don't know, this is my lovely bride, Amanda. Hello. Uh, I always like to say everything is better when Amanda is around. So we're going to here to talk to you guys tonight. Since it is Christmas time, this can kind of be uh, a weird time of year for some of us. And, and so as we were kind of thinking about this season and, and just love that song, Silent Night, right? But this is a season that just doesn't really feel very silent with busy schedules, with family, with parties, and um, it can just feel busy and chaotic. You know, when we sat down and looked at our December calendar, it, it, just, it just was crazy with ministry events, with family events, with uh, just all these different things. And so we had to really fight for that time of going, okay, how do we make this uh, time where we can connect as a family. Um, so really, this time is supposed to be a time of great reflection. We can spend a lot of time shopping and Santa Claus. If you got kids, yeah, you got Santa and all these other events. And um, it, then it can also be hard for us because to be honest, like um, I didn't grow up with many Christmas memories, good Christmas memories. They, they, sometimes they were really painful. So it's not always a season that I can get quickly excited about. So Drew and I joke a lot, and if you've heard us before, you've probably heard this, but we had very different childhoods. So while his Christmas, you know, sometimes was a painful, um, or is a painful memory, um, ours were really pretty sweet for the most part. Um, when we were the same age, and when he was 13, 14 years old, he was doing things most adults shouldn't be doing, and I was still playing Barbies with my little sister, but swearing her to her life that she could tell none of my friends. So we just had very radical differences in terms of our upbringing. And so when we came together in marriage and then started celebrating holidays with our extended families, that was difficult because we really had to merge um, the two of us into that. And um, we really, on this side of it, now have seen the opportunity the Lord's given us to create a different legacy for our kids and to have um, Christmas really be focused on what it should be and the Lord's coming um, into our world and just um, being really intentional about that with our families now. We know that, that there's marriages here that are on uh, just across the spectrum, right? Some of you guys are here that are doing pretty well and you want to enrich your marriage. Some of you guys are really improving in your marriage going through this, this ministry. And then some of you guys may, may be really struggling. And so we want you to know, if you haven't heard our story, you're looking at, we know what it's like to struggle in marriage, okay? And when I think of, of one of our most painful Christmases was when things were really bad for us and we were living in California, and we each had our Christmas parties on the same night, our work Christmas parties on the same night. We didn't invite the other one to each other's Christmas parties. We just went separately. And, you know, this was a, a time when, when we weren't doing well, and Amanda was uh, just pursuing a, an emotional relationship with her boss. That night, I ran out of my boss's home um, and drove back to our house. And Drew was already at home in bed asleep. And he had been suspecting that something had been going on with my boss and me for a long time. Unbeknownst to me, I really thought I was getting away with it, honestly. Um, but when I crawled into bed, he said, I hope you're having a nice affair. And he, to this day, doesn't remember saying that, but it crushed me. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is, um, this, this is not what I want. This is not what I want. Um, I don't want this to end in this way. And, um, you know, this was a long journey going from that point to where we are today. But we just want you to know that even though you may be in a place where things don't feel right and things are not easy right now, we've been there and we can empathize with that. But we want to give you some tips that we hope will be helpful this season as we're coming up on it. Yeah, so we're going to take a little bit of time to talk through 10 ways to make your Christmas merry and bright. Okay, uh, and so uh, you've got a handout and then... Um, 
you, you can fill in the blanks, and there's, there's also some stuff on the back. So number one is expectations. Discru discuss your Christmas expectations with each other, because we all have expectations about everything in life, uh, whether, whether you really know it or not. We expect our Christmas season to be a certain way. Um, so, for example, let, let's do a little poll here. Uh, how many of you guys like fake trees? Raise your hand. Okay. What about a real tree? Raise your hand. Loud and proud. Raise them up. Yep. So how many of you guys, how many of you fake tree people are married to a real tree person? Hey, wow, we're the only ones. That makes me insecure. Um, what about Christmas music? Who likes Christmas music starting September? Y'all are so weird. Uh, I'm, I'm like only after Thanksgiving and I can only handle a certain come up, certain, certain songs. Uh, all right, here's, here's the kicker. Opening Christmas gifts. Who does it on Christmas Eve? Okay, y'all are weird. We did that growing up. I get you. She I did get it you. too. That's just weird to me. It's Christmas Day. Open at Christmas Day. You're not weird. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, but these are just minor differences, right? But, but, and preferences, but they are expectations. And so fulfilled expectations are great, right? We all like that. But unmet expectations, unfulfilled expectations can be really, really hard. And those expectations, those unmet expectations usually fall into three categories. They're either uh, unspoken, right? We're not voicing what those expectations are. They're unrealistic, that, man, we're just not thinking that this is a, a realistic expectation. Or three, uh, we're unaware of expectations. We're unaware of our own expectations. And that, that we can be influenced by, by social media, by TV, by our family of origin, friends, family, just almost every couple works through unmet expectations. And, and so really what we have to do here is we have to communicate. And there's three things, you know, the, these three key problems which are unaware, unreasonable, and unspoken expectations they're simple fixes, right? Be aware of your expectations. Think about like, hey, what do I really want Christmas season to look like? Uh, be reasonable, okay? And that's going to look many different ways for, for any of you guys. But also be open and communicate your expectations. And then be willing to listen to the Lord and other people as to whether those are the right expectations to have. Um, we need to be aware of our expectations. We need to be realistic about it. But most important thing that we need to do is to communicate about our expectations. Okay, so number two is to be intentional with your schedule. So when we were all single people, we could make our own plans. It didn't really matter. We didn't have anyone else that we needed to consult with. But um, you would probably just choose to go spend time with your family of origin or friends or whatever you're doing. But now that we're married, we have the opportunity to consider our spouse and their family and those plans. And so our schedules obviously are complicated. They get much more complicated if you are a blended family, if you're from a blended family with parents who are divorced and or even remarried. So that, that adds another layer, obviously, to all of that. Between family, your friends, work parties, and all the fun things to do around the city of Dallas and Plano and all of that, we have to learn to be intentional about what we say yes to and what we say no to. And you really can't do it all. So you really have to sit down and be still with that, we suggest. Um, if you try to do it all and take it all in and go to everything that you're invited to or that comes your way, you're going to be worn out and you could ultimately end up resenting what is really a beautiful season. Um, so as you're entering into these decision-making opportunities with your schedule, there are two passages we would suggest to guide you. The first is Galatians 1.10. And that is, as you are entering into these decision-making opportunities, I'm oh, sorry, <laughs> am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or God, or am I trying to please people? 
If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And then the next verse is Philippians 2, 3, and 4, which says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So really just thinking through, what are you going to say yes to, and what are you going to say no to to protect your schedule? So there's going to be some non-negotiable events, right, that you're just going to have to say yes to. And that, that may change the trajectory of what's going on. So being on staff here, the staff Christmas party, something that, that we definitely look forward to. It's a ton of fun, but that's part of my job, okay? It even says it in my, in my employee packet. You have to come to the staff Christmas party. Well, this year it was all family. And so our oldest daughter who uh, plays sports, she missed a, uh, a school dance earlier this year because of volleyball. And so two weeks ago, she comes running in the car saying, Mom, guess what? They, they, they made another dance, and we're going to have it on Friday the 13th. And the man was like that's the night of your dad's Christmas party. And I mean, just, she was so deflated and so upset, but that was just something that, that we had to um, prioritize commitments that we already made. And we were able to, to work out a good compromise where everybody was still was happy, but those are the things that, that you're going to have to protect as a family. And then also, if you're, um, let, let's say that, that maybe you have to communicate like you can't do something with one of your families. Like, I'm not going to call my mom and say, hey, mom, like, I really want to come, but Amanda doesn't, so uh, we're not coming this year. Um, No, we don't do that, right? It is something that we come together, we communicate, hey, this is not going to work for us and our family this year, so we're not coming. Yeah, communicating as one as one is so important. And same with our daughter. You know, we were a united front in that, just explaining to her why, you know, we couldn't um, really bend on, she couldn't attend this dance or go to the whole dance. Um, so how can you be intentional with these decisions? Um, there are four things. Pray, think, talk, and plan. So in praying, ask the Lord what he wants your Christmas season to look like for you and your family. Think about what you want out of Christ- this Christmas season. What do you want the Christmas entire season to look like? What do you want Christmas Day to look like? Christmas Eve? Those types of things. What are you envisioning? Um, Talk, meaning communicate with each other um, ahead of time about what you want and desire from that. And come to the conversation with a Philippians 2 mindset like we shared with that scripture. Um, Plan, meaning make a plan together. What are the things we want to do? What are the things that we must do? And what are the things that we absolutely don't want to do that we want to take off the table? All right, so number three is read a Christmas book or Advent devotional. So Advent, right, that just means coming. And, and it points us back to the birth of Christ and his second coming. So we are in that, that waiting period right now for the second coming. And so those Advent studies, just or the devotionals will remind us of what this season is. Because, man, it is, if you've got kids, it is really easy to get caught up in the presence and Santa and making it really, really fun. But we just have made it a priority for years to do some, some sort of Advent devotional that's appropriate for the age of our kids. Um, and, and uh, you know, I want to do this also for my own heart, that my own heart is prepared also for what this season is. Yep, and don't feel like you're behind if you haven't started that yet. And today is December 16th. I know we... we started our devotional on the 10th, right? It's a little <laughs> too <family>. authentic. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> we bought it. We had really good intentions. And, you know, with older kids and our nights are sometimes crazy, we did start it a little later than planned. But it's not too late. You know, just really carve out that time. And it was so sweet to even hear our 13-year-old um, in our prayers that night thank the Lord for that time together as a family. So it, it can be great. And you can start tonight. You can start tomorrow night. Um, some great options are Russ Ramsey's The Advent of the Lamb of God, 
Timothy Keller, um, who wrote the books that we gave away tonight, has Hidden Christmas. Paul David Tripp has one, um, Come Let Us Adore Him, that I'm personally doing right now and love. And um, there are also some wonderful nativity books for kids. If you have littles that have really short attention spans, then you know you don't have to, to go through something so lengthy with them. You can do something that's really sweet and special for that age group. Yeah, and so one of the things that we do every year, Christmas Eve, is that we'll just read the Luke 2 story. And uh, it, it's... it's it, and we want to approach it every year. We've done it, I don't know how many years, but we want to approach it like we've heard it and, and are reading it for the first time. Uh, I never want to lose that awe of what's happening in, in Luke 2. And, and I'm a very visual person, and so sometimes I get moved by the things that I see in my mind. And I, and I think a lot about the shepherds, right? When the angel visits those shepherds that when Jesus is born. And I think, man, what would that have been like to be a shepherd in that field? See these angels of just going, hey, your Messiah has come. Um, and I just, I think that that's a great thing. And so this morning, I'll also try and, and, and form my prayers in that way too. So, you know, the, the walk to Bethlehem probably would have started sometime right about now or within the next few days. And so when I'm praying with the kids, I want to remind them of, hey, what's going on right now and, and during this season. So the Bible app is also another good, uh, a good way to get these devotionals. Uh, if you don't have it, you can download it from the App Store. Then there's also the, the Watermark Advent devotional, that, which called, uh, Do You See What I See? And so if you didn't buy it here, you can also get it online. Just go to the watermark.org page and type in the Advent devotional, and you can do it for free with your family. All right, so number four, uh, have conversations about Christmas and money. Okay, so these are always real conversations, especially with us, because a lot of us will have that, and we're guilty of this too, that we'll have that mentality of when it comes to money, it just kind of all works out in the end. Uh, we're just not intentional about how we spend, and we don't communicate with each other, and then come January when the credit card bill hits, you're like, oh my gosh. Um, but it's good to communicate with your spouse about where you guys are with money. Like, how much are you going to spend on each other? What's the whole budget for Christmas? How much, you know, are you buying stuff for your aunts or your uncles, your nephews, and all that kind of stuff? And uh, so just make sure that you're communicating your financial expectations. So in Drew's family, we typically only exchange gifts amongst the kids now, which has been really great. But my family um, really has had the expectation that you buy gifts for everybody. And so um, it, it adds up to 12 individual gifts on my side, which is a lot. And it can just be a lot on the budget. So several years ago, Drew and I saw an opportunity to suggest that we instead do some sort of giving opportunity. We would still exchange gifts among the kids, but what if we adults who really don't need anything anyway, what if we, you know, do something that we would, uh, you know, do something cool with that budget and, and give that to, to the community or what have you. Um, my dad loved this idea and he has run with it year after year. He sends us a packet of letters from nursing homes and just the sweetest things. Um, but my younger siblings, I'm the oldest, did not like the idea. And I had at the time a, a younger sister who was still in college and those Christmas gifts kind of mean a lot to her because she's not working. And um, so that was one of those um, where our intentions were really good, but we failed to communicate with our extended family on our heart and our plans and hurt people in the midst of that. So um, again, and communication is so key. So a few practical suggestions here, like budget ahead of time. Don't, don't spend money that you don't have uh, just to have this magical Christmas morning, right? The, the kids, man, they're going to be onto something new within a few days or even a couple of hours, and sometimes they just like the packaging, right? Like our son, um, which I think we've got a picture of that. Yeah. yeah. This is a regular occurrence in our yeah. house. 
And he's usually in some sort of superhero outfit, too. Uh, and don't forget about the travel costs with your budget. Um, and just decide how much you're going to spend on each other. And just be mindful of what your current finan finances look like. And one of the other things that you can do is you can buy presents throughout the year, right? If you see something that, that just reminds you of, of someone, go ahead and buy it and stash it away. Yep. So um, we also like to be intentional with how we give gifts to close family. So um, we have some friends that do this with their kids. They get four gifts. Each child gets four gifts. So it's something they want, something they need, something to wear, and something to read, which I thought was great. In our house, our kids get three gifts because we feel like that was good enough for baby Jesus. It's good enough for you. You can handle three. <laughs> and uh, Santa in our house, um, we, we don't do a ton with him, but he, he really gets no glory. I was like, why does Santa bring the dollhouse or the bike or whatever the big thing is? That's, he's not even real. So let's have Santa bring jammies. And that worked great. And we still do that. It worked great every single year. What didn't work is when my girls were, our girls were a little bit older and starting to read, they looked at the tags and said, Santa goes to the gap. <laughs> and then I was found out a little bit, but, um, but that's just been a really fun thing to do. Um, we definitely urge you not to compare to others. Your immediate family is not going to be the same as your family um, or your neighbors, your friends, and what everyone else is doing. So don't allow their income decisions to dictate yours. You may have people who are really, really generous in your family and just give far beyond what your means are. You don't have to match that dollar for dollar. That's not, that's not what's important. Um, use cash instead of credit cards. You might miss out on points. Um, and some of those rewards, but then when you're done, you're done. Um, it helps keep you on your budget. And then um, it also helps you keep a surprise, a surprise if you're not seeing the credit card statement. And then last, remember, most of us don't need anything. So um, you really can just be creative too. All right. So number five, decide what traditions that you're going to have going, that you're going to have as your own family, right? A lot of us come into our marriages with traditions that, that, that we have as our family of orange, origin. And so we kind of are working through, hey, what are we going to keep? What are we not going to keep? Uh, we keep several holiday movies kind of stashed away in all of our Christmas stuff. So when we open up our boxes, we've always got, uh, you know, Elf or Home Alone or Christmas Vacation, which I don't recommend that with your young kids because it gets pretty dirty. Um, we made that mistake. Uh, but one of our favorite traditions when our kids were small is that um, we would get them ready for bed at night. We'd get, you know, they'd get in their jammies and all that kind of stuff. And then instead of putting them to bed or story time, we'd say, all right, get your coats. And we'd make hot cocoa and then we'd go look at Christmas lights. And so that's something that they've enjoyed all the time. And so um, I think we've got a picture of them as well doing that. And if y'all haven't done this, this is a house on Southwestern down in Dallas. And it is worth the drive because it has... Like 300 Santa Clauses in, in the yard. Yeah. And it's not a very big yard. <laughs> no, it's not a big yard. That's crazy. There's an old big text up there on the roof. So it's worth the drive. Um, one of the other traditions we have is to make a gingerbread house. I think that was the next photo with our silly middle and her crazy faces. Um, this is super messy, obviously, and they're going to pinch candy off, off of it multiple times a day. Um, but it's so fun, and we're going to do it this weekend. They ask every year, when are we going to make our gingerbread house? I did learn... It's very hard to assemble a gingerbread house. I am not a chef, so I hot glue that sucker together because <laughs> no one's going to eat the gingerbread. They're just going to pick the candies off the top right, hopefully. We're not so. going to eat it now. <laughs> Save yourself some time. It works. It's, it's really great. I thought I was so smart. It is. <laughs> You're just not going to feed that to people. Well, that gingerbread um, tasted a little weird last year. Yeah. 
Um, a tradition we don't love is the elf on the shelf. And I don't know how many of you have littles and have seen this ridiculous thing, but it was a gift to us. I did not purchase it. He did not purchase it. Um, the first year that we had it, our girls were really little. I pulled up the Pinterest schedule. I had a really cute calendar of 24 things to do with them and put them in these ridiculous poses and all of that. It was kind of fun. Year two rolls around. I was like, I don't even want to look at that thing. I don't want to look at that guy. He makes me angry when I see him. Wake and... up at two o'clock in the morning in full panic. Oh crap! I didn't move the elf. Yes, because that's the first thing they want to do is go look for the stupid toy. So, so that became really stressful. Now our girls are older. Little brother's super into it. They're in charge. The girls just handle it, and um, they'll they'll pose him. We did this, but that was probably your one. And um, you know, so I've outsourced it. That's really helpful. I have a sweet friend who, she is a genius, and she said, I don't even bring that elf out. You're supposed to have him out December 1st, where you have to move him every single night until Christmas Day. And she said, I tell my kids, he got a huge promotion, and he's going to have to stay at the North Pole because he's really busy, and he's just going to come on Christmas Eve and say Merry Christmas and be back out (laughs) on his way. I was like, you're brilliant. I'm doing that next year. (laughs) Um, So ask each other what kind of traditions you want to start, because what you start your probably going to repeat. And so you want it to be something you enjoy. All right. So number six, look for ways to serve, right? Mark 10, 44 says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life for a ransom for many. So even if Jesus, right, the son of God, God in our flesh, our savior, if he came to serve, like we should do that also. And the holidays are always providing a unique opportunity to serve. And so we just look for for ways to be generous with our time and resources. But uh, like Watermark always has great opportunities. You can go to watermark.org slash go, and there's many service opportunities. But man, we would just say, like, don't let this be the only time that you're going to serve, right? We just want to have this heart of service throughout the year just for, for what God has done with us so that we can share the, Christ, share the, light, the light of Christ with others. Um, and then when you think about service, right, don't, think, like, don't forget about serving your closest neighbor, which is your spouse. And, and be mindful of this throughout the holidays. And this might be hard uh, for some of you guys right now, and we get that. But when we look to have that mindset of Christ, when, when we really take that Philippians 2 mentality of putting others' needs above our own, uh, being sensitive to their needs, their desires, their likes, their dislikes, man, that is just a, a great way that we can love our spouses. And a lot of times in-laws can be tough if you travel and you're around in-laws, but just be understanding of one another. Um, and during that time, right, you might need some time to yourself and it's completely okay to say, hey, I'd love to just go on a walk for an hour. And you can go alone, you can go with your spouse, but just if you need a break, that's okay. Come back though. Come yeah, back. come back. <laughs> okay, um, number seven, be a great host. Whether you're at your home hosting family or the home where you grew up or your in-laws or somewhere else, just be a great host. And what that looks like is having a there-you-are mentality when you see someone for the first time as opposed to here I am. Um, so talk to your spouse about how the two of you can become there-you-are people. Um, in a season when we're celebrating the one who came to die on our behalf, may we follow his example in putting the needs of others before our own and keeping our eyes focused on something other than ourselves. Um, be specific and encourage others. Um, encourage others around the dining room table. This is a really sweet thing that even my group of friends did this past week, and it was just precious to me, and that, that costs nothing just to encourage people with what you see in them. Be curious. Uh, focus more on asking questions rather than giving answers. Don't be pessimistic. Grumble 
grumble or complain, maybe leave work out of the conversation if that can be difficult or can you know prone, be prone to conflict. Same with politics and all that good stuff. Um, this year, we have the really um, a unique opportunity to play host to my family. This will be our third year to host my entire extended family for Christmas, but my sister is going through a divorce and she has two young boys. And the Lord just really put a new perspective on my heart. I was listening to a podcast this past week and um, they were talking about memories of difficult Christmases and how this person felt loved in the midst of a really hard Christmas. And and her issue was that she had been through a lot of miscarriages that year and Christmas for her was just not going to be happy. And she was going to be spending it with extended families with their kids and um, and they were joyful, but she wasn't feeling that. And her family gave her the grace to go go sit in a room and cry if you need to go do that. Go be by yourself if you need that or, or come with us and um, just have a hug, you know, whatever you need. And so just knowing that you may be around people, that this is a really tough season and they're not going to want to just exchange pleasantries um, just to have that mindset to, to provide a secure, safe place for them to celebrate. Um, so we're, we're, that's our heart, you know, is to really prepare ourselves and our hearts to provide that for her and my nephews this year. So number eight, take some time to simply relax and have fun. Because uh, more than likely, you're going to need some time to relax and, and to, to reset a little bit, but also break the norm and have fun with one another. And Amanda does, always does a great job of looking at our calendar, especially in December, to just say, oh my gosh, this is crazy. But she'll earmark those times of just non-negotiable time. Like, we are going to be a family. We're going to do something as a family during this time. Um, and then when her family visits, they all live in West Texas. And so when they come, we always need to plan for some sort of events because uh, they are activity folks. And so uh, her dad, uh, for a few years, would take everybody to Great Wolf Lodge. And um, so something that you need to know about me that you may not know, like, I am a total germaphobe, okay? I don't like water parks, much less an indoor water park with all that fungus and bacteria is just trapped inside. And the only way for it to get out is through the human body, okay? And, and that just really bothers me. But the kids love it. Right? They really love it. And, and her parents love seeing the grandkids have a good time. So I just kind of have to resolve myself to understand, okay, I'm going to drink some kids' urine and foot fungus for a few days. But everybody else, and so I'll have fun during that time. This so. was not in our run-through, by the way. This was all added today. See, I get to oh, add the fun man. stuff when she's not around. <laughs> Uh, but we'll also play games together, right? You, you know, you can play card games, board games. Uh, one of our favorite games that we play is called Watch Your Mouth. I don't know if you guys have ever done that, but you, you put this big thing in your mouth and you try and read it. Actually, got a clip to, to show you what it actually looks like. Okay. We need sound. The. La. Hide. 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 What? Hide. Hide? <laughs> hide, hide, higher. But I heard higher in there. Hide, hide, higher. What? What? Pay the what? <laughs> what? Pay the Pied Piper. So if you don't have that game, it's a lot of fun. Um, but just find You drool those. a little. Just you, so you, you, yeah, you might drool a little. Yep. You, you couldn't see it in the video, but it was like running down her chin. No, I'm kidding. Um, but, you know, do things. Be active together. If you, if you got kids or family that likes to play sports, go throw the football. But just bottom line, find some, find, find some time to have fun and relax. 
One of the things that I try not to do, I love the news, I love politics, I love, know what's, I love to know what's going on. It does not bless her for me to do that because sometimes I can get a little frustrated, so I just won't watch the news during the holidays. Thank you for that. Um, okay, number nine, be prepared for the tough as well as the great. So in the midst of celebrating gifts and all the fun, Christmas does tend to sometimes bring family conflict on board. So if you struggle with some of the relationships with your extended family, you're not alone. Um, whether it's the stress of the season or the quantity of family time or unresolved conflict, the holidays can be a hotbed for stress. So um, the tough does come along with the great. Unfortunately, there's no cookie cutter or easy solution to this, but we would definitely encourage you to check out our church's conflict feed guide. You can get that on our website. It is fantastic. There's a free download and it's just um, a great tool to help you manage conflict in a God-honoring way. Yeah, so just a couple of scriptures from there is just Romans 12, 18 that says it's possible. If possible, so as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So we want to be the ones that are going to go first to try and live peaceably, right? And also Proverbs 18.2, a fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in airing their opinions. So we want to be the ones that are always going to try and seek to understand. And then last, James 4.6, it just says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. So we want to be the ones that are always taking the humbling, uh, uh, the humble and contrite heart. Uh, Christmas can also exacerbate grief if you've lost a loved one. Um, that time of year can just be really difficult when you don't have your loved one with you. Um, I lost my mom in 1996, um, and then Drew lost his dad just a few years ago in 2013. And we're sensitive to this for each other, but we also are at the point now we can really celebrate sweet memories that we had with those people in our lives. My mom really knew how to make any event special, but particularly the holidays. And Drew's dad was very much a bah humbug Scrooge about Christmas, but... Um, we laugh remembering his cantankerous ways that he always had a fire roaring in that fireplace. He would sit cross-legged on the floor of the living room, the grandchild in his lap, just like that. And um, some, you know, classical music nobody really wanted to listen to blaring from the stereo. <laughs> Um, but we cherish those memories with him and um, really look back on them very fondly. So talk with your significant other and um, family about ways you might honor a loved one who's no longer with you. And um, know, too, that the Grief Share Ministry at Watermark has some great articles um, to help you with that specific to the holidays, too. Yep. So we're almost done. Number 10. Uh, man, if you don't have a place to come Christmas Eve, we would love for you to come join us at Christmas Eve service this, this Christmas Eve. It's 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and 6 o'clock. Uh, there is no child care for um, the 6 o'clock service, but, man, if, if this is your church home, we've got some grab cards out there on the welcome desk. Would love it if you would take those and give them to your friends, your coworkers, your neighbor, and invite them. And if you don't have a church home or if you just want to come see what Christmas Eve service is like at Watermark, man, we would love to have you guys. It is such an awesome experience. Um, just good family time together, the turn out the lights and everybody's lighting candles and the whole thing's lit up with candles and just creates this great mood. But man, it is a great celebration of just the, the, the light entering into the darkness with the birth of Jesus. And so we just want to remember what we're celebrating here, uh, which is the gospel, right? That, that God became man, that he lived the perfect life, that he took on the penalty for our sin hung on the cross and died, and then God rose him from the dead. And um, man, that is just something that I don't want to just think about during Christmas, but I want to be thinking about that all the time. And so just to read a little bit out of Luke 2 here, um, 
starting at verse 8, says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace among those who, with whom he is pleased. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as, they, as it had been told to them. So guys, that's, that's what we want to celebrate during Christmas, is just marvel at the gift that God has given us, and, and even more so marvel at, at the giver who, in his loving kindness, gave us this, our Savior. And so on the back of your handout, there's a list of questions, expectation questions, and we would love it for you guys tonight to just take a couple of minutes, look at those questions, and then on your drive home, talk about some of those things. You can even look at this handout and go, hey, what are some other things out of these 10 things that we can talk about on our drive home to just do something to make our Christmas the best Christmas that you've had so far. So let me pray for us, and then uh, Chloe and uh, the Adels will come up and close us out. Father, we just thank you uh, for the gift of your son. We thank you for, um, Lord, we don't deserve the blessing that you give us. We, we just deserve death. We deserve to be separated from you. But in your loving kindness, you came to us uh, as a baby, and you lived among us. Um, you died for us and purchased a place in heaven for us. So Lord, let that be what drives our hearts this Christmas season. Um, I just pray for all of us in here that, that um, we would always think of our spouse better than ourselves, that we would look for ways to serve them, honor them in the same way that Jesus served us. So we thank you in Christ's name. Amen.